Previously on Funny Science Fiction. You know, if they had ever released an extended version of that that movie, that that battle should definitely have like maybe five or ten minutes more. In it. it was called Battlefront Two, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast, where we feature geeky jokes that guys named Biff will travel through time to beat you up for. Now, you may have noticed a new face on our screen today. Everybody welcome my good friend and fellow nerd, John Wass. John is our co-host for today. Thanks for being here, John. Appreciate it, bud. Oh, you're welcome. So, John, exactly how bad has your life become that you thought that this was a step in the right direction? I've been stuck inside for almost a year with a toddler. So, this is a win. All right. It is, really, yeah. <laughs> Adult conversation. Uh, let's not stretch it. This is... <laughs> We haven't gotten too far in the conversation yet to start calling an adult. <laughs> uh, so our guest today is writer, director, and producer Ryan Airy. Uh, you might know him best from his work on the YouTube show Screen Crush. Uh, Ryan has a very diverse background, both in music and nerd media. So we're very excited to have him on the show for the regular old Geek Fest. Uh, thanks for being on the show, Ryan. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, we're glad to have you. Uh, yeah, you've got some really cool content. We're excited to be able to talk to you about it. Yeah. Cool. Now, you know, most of us have that one coworker who seems normal when the boss and customers are around, but uh, they're either just really weird or kind of a jerk when no one else is looking. So with that in mind, what's it like working with Doug? Uh, he, he definitely turns it off for the customers. Okay. Um, when they're not around, he's got a real problem there's no delicate way to say this he likes to eat poop <laughs> off the ground he's had a real problem with it he's in uh, poop eater anonymous uh which i really shouldn't have even said that much because what the a stands for but we're we're behind him we're supporting him but honestly like since he's been in pa it's it's been a, an improvement but honestly i the breath uh, no, no, just to clarify not good just to clarify, Doug is the canine assistant manager of the video store. So, yeah, and some people think that I'm the man. He's my boss. Yeah, like he's assistant manager on a career track upwards, and I pretty much have to do it. He tells me to do, which usually involves brushing his teeth before the customers come in. Speaking of which, we haven't had a customer in two years, which How is really still, strange. How are you still open? I don't know. I'm still getting you know my checks, so that's, that's all I care about. But yeah. All accounts. Death to Redbox. <laughs> Red what? Death to Redbox. <laughs> I whoever has that red box, I I hate it. Whatever that means. <laughs> Just working in a video store. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So I have to admit, uh, Ryan, I only had recently learned about you, your show, and your webpage, Screen Crush, uh, just a few months back, I think when you and I first started talking a little bit ago. Uh, and that mm -hmm. was because of Nick, our show's recording and editing wizard. Um, Nick had saw a few of the things that you had posted in regards to your Mandalorian reviews, your Easter egg videos, mm -hmm. and things. And knowing that I am, as you may notice with my background, I'm a bit of a Star Wars nerd myself and um, big time Star Wars fan. Uh, he shared those with me and I, I was really, really impressed by uh, the depth of your work. So watching all those videos though made me wonder, are you just a giant geek with a head full of awesome geek knowledge? 
or do you have a research team to help you get those videos together? Uh, yes, yes, and literally no. So um, I'm a huge geek, huge geek pool of knowledge. Like when I was 17, I got the Star Wars, and this was in 1997, so you can date me. Um, I, I got the Star Wars Encyclopedia for Christmas. And this was so long ago, it was pre-prequels. So like in this book, the Star Wars holiday special was considered canon. And I <laughs> oh thought, I thought I want to memorize all this stuff. So I, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm just going to read all my old Marvel Star Wars comics, which aren't canon anymore. I was like, it's really important for some reason. I know the, the species name of the musicians and the uh, Star Wars Cantina and the Tatooine Cantina. I learned all that stuff. Now, obviously, since the prequels came out, there have been a, so many novels and all this other stuff that I haven't read everything. Luckily, Wikipedia exists. So even yes. if it is something that I read a long time ago, you know, I can go back and look. There is no research team. It's just me. The guy who runs the website, Matt Singer, who is a, a genius and a great critic, um, he'll notice a few things and like send them along to me. For instance, he's I'm a wrestling fan, so is he, but he's a bigger wrestling fan than me. Okay. So he was the one who noticed the tornado DDT in chapter, uh, what was the chapter? 15, that Sasha Banks okay. pulls. On, oh, nice. Okay. On Boba Fett. So like, oh, I was like, oh, cool, cool, man. But for the most part, making those videos, because I have to get them out so fast, I, don't, I didn't get screeners. So I was waking up at 3 a.m. every Friday and um, just writing down proper nouns and looking those up on Wikipedia. And sometimes uh, it just paid off where I remembered things from the comics or you know, various movies. And sometimes you really got to have a good eye. Like there's one thing I caught in season one where uh, Den is walking into the, where the Imperials are in their bunker on Navarro. And there's a pole in the background. It's just a random pole. And I was like, that's the pole from the trash compactor in the Death Star. <laughs> it's like, you can't Google that, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's yeah. cool. Then I, but I kick myself. Like there was one this season. I was like, I, oh, I should have gotten that that frog lady was in season one of the Mandalorian. Oh yeah. And it completely okay. went over my head. Yeah. She's in the, she's in the cantina. She's just getting a drink. Okay. And at the time I was like, Oh, okay. That's like that little frog guys at the same species from new hope. And it wasn't, and I just put it away and didn't think to get out of a drawer. And somebody pointed out to me on Twitter. And I was <laughs> like, Oh man, I hate bastards. That. Yeah. Yeah. I was impressed that you were able to translate the, you know, that you caught the, I can't remember what episode it was, but there was the message in Mandalore and you transcribed that and translated it, whatever you want to call it. Um, I did. You know. I did my best. There were other new rock stars actually did a better job cracking that than me. And some people on Reddit did too. So yeah, I, because I was trying to get it out fast and it was 5 a.m. I was like, I just have to give the gist of this and move on. Right. It was very blurry. I couldn't make out of the letters. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think you got it. I think you got it pretty close. You got the, the message there. So yeah, that was pretty cool, man. Yeah, I felt very justified in that because we put out a, uh, a history of Mandalore video before and even uh, before Rise of Skywalker, we put out a Star Wars recap. And in both videos, I said Jango Fett was a Mandalorian. And a lot of people went on there and said, well, actually, Prime Minister Almec said in the Clone Wars that he's not a Mandalorian. And I was like, that guy's a liar who sold poison tea on the black market that killed kids. So like we're not a horrible. And I felt so vindicated when it turned out that Jasta Morell was actually like all of that was canned. On your website, screencrush.com, you review the DC movies from worst to best. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Now, I Matt Singer would have done that, but yeah, I've read that article. Yep. Okay. Well, yep. then I'm going to ask you this question anyway, and I'll see what your opinion is and see Go if, uh, if uh, your opinion aligns with Matt's or if it aligns with others. And we'll go from there. 
So, Go for it. Um, so from worst to best is how he had it. Now, I had no issue with his choices for 36 and 35. Catwoman and Jonah Hex are both god-awful. And DC should be paying for everybody's therapy if you have actually watched those abominations of film. And Jonah Hex should have been so good. They had, they had every they opportunity. Cast, they cast the perfect guy to be Jonah oh, yeah. Hex. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, the casting was perfect on that on that movie. Honestly, there were so many things that 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 reasons why that movie could have gone right. Um, but yeah, it, it was a train wreck from the opening credits. So. Um, but at 34, your website has Suicide Squad, which he clearly did not like. Um, but I, I really don't, did not mind Suicide Squad. Now that short of Jared Leto's Thug Joker, unless, and I'll put this out there, this is my caveat. I don't like Jared Leto's Joker. I thought it was horrible. Uh, unless that turns out to be Jason Todd. And if it turns out to be Jason Todd, which I know it's never going to be, then it's a strong maybe that I might like it. So tell us a little more specifically, why do you think Matt didn't like the movie Suicide Squad? And do you agree with his uh, synopsis of being one of the top three worst DC movies? I can't speak to like Matt's reasons. You know, he and I have talked about it, uh, but I mean, the movie's horrible. It's, it's one of the few cape flicks in the past five years I didn't see in the theater. You know, I saw it on a plane. And I had to rewatch it for this Guardians of the Galaxy versus Suicide Squad video we did because the movies are very similar. It's just, you know, one is very good and the other one's not. Um, I agree that that Leto's Joker is the worst Joker. I, the Joker doesn't even need to be in the movie. And I think anytime you have any movie where you can go, actually, you could take him out and it wouldn't make a difference. You've got problems, uh, especially a movie like that that is always trying to introduce new elements and new characters. And you think if you took out his screen time and you gave it to katana or captain boomerang or killer croc you know any of those guys could have really benefited from that additional boost and in the breakdown i did the guardians of the galaxy breakdown i talked about the reshoots and how some of them seem like they were mandated by will smith to give his character his character has three introductions in the movie to show off his skills you know there's him fighting batman there's him on the assassination mission and then there's him proving to the guards that he can do the thing that we've already seen him do and that just seemed like it was a big a-list star hungry for screen time which is a shame because I think in that movie, especially you need a, a really strong ensemble. And that means people who are willing to give and take. Um, and the, even the Jason Todd theory wouldn't do it for me because that's something off screen. You know, if we're going to see the Jason Todd story told, I want to see the Jason Todd, Todd, Jason Todd story told. I want to see it on screen. I don't want any of this like, oh, Kylo Ren turned evil before the movie started stuff. Show us the thing that we want to see. Um, I would rate it really low, but I would not rate that movie lower than um, than Batman and Robin or mm -hmm. Quest for Peace or, jeez, um, would I even rate I I really hate Batman versus Superman, but I think it has more redeeming qualities than Suicide Squad. But I, I would like to see David Ayer's original cut. Have you read up on everything that was supposedly in that? I read up a little bit on the Ayer stuff, and I, I realized that there was a lot of stuff that got got pulled out by the uh, um, by the production company, and they wanted, you know, the, the movie theater, the, the movie company wanted a lot pulled out, and so uh, kind of got involved uh, in, in what was going on and kind of reshaped the story as to what was happening, how it was happening. But I agree with you completely. I, I think you could have uh, that could be a Jokerless movie. And it would still have the same story. 
Uh, right. Considering that you have Joker on, I think he's on screen for less than two or three minutes in the entire in the entire movie. I think of screen time. Really? Yeah. He, it's, oh it's a, wow! It's a horrible, and I'm I'm guessing on that. I'm I if I'm if I'm just trying to think of the 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 total amount of screen time. It's got to be somewhere between three, maybe five minutes at max in that whole movie. Wow. He probably because, still has more lines. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. He probably still has more lines of dialogue than Henry Cavill in Batman versus Superman. <laughs> oh. Why'd you say that name? That's the only thing I can think of whenever I hear Batman. Versus <laughs> That's his mother's name. The number of times in a video when I want to just cut to Amy Adams saying that's his mother's name because it sounds like an SNL sketch, right? Yeah, you know, she says that her comic <laughs> timing on it's perfect. You know, oh. <laughs> uh, that, nice. that's that's his mommy's name. I'm sorry, but I interrupted you. No, no, it's okay, fine. <laughs> uh, no, I I think that I, I agree with mo I mostly agree with Matt's list. Okay? Uh, okay, I just didn't think that Suicide Squad should be that low, especially when you when you think about. Uh, the epic failures of Batman and Robin, uh, Schumacher's nipples uh, on the bat suit. Uh, mm -hmm. You think about how epically awful, and it was almost as if you know George Lucas got loose in a Batman script on on Batman and Robin. And, for the dialogue. Oh, the dialogue was so you know. <laughs> I just kept waiting for him to be like, yeah. "No, Anakin, I love you, but no, you're beautiful," you know, and. <laughs> I do think Schumacher, I, it's funny because you see some bad movies and you're like, well, that got away from them. You know, like yeah. Suicide Squad is, is clearly a movie that got away from David A or got away from, it was just too big of a machine. You know, it's like Tropic Thunder. The director can't handle this big blockbuster. I think Joel Schumacher, who's a talented director, had a vision. The studio signed off on it. I think they forced characters and they forced toys on him. But I think that when that movie opened, he was probably like, I know it's bad, but it's fun bad. And I don't agree with that. I, I mean, I hated Joel Schumacher. There used to be a website like in 1997 that was punchjoelschumacher.com. And it was just like you would punch him and make it make a black eye on his face. Oh, I remember funny. that and website. Just, that's just like, and I think back on days like that and I'm like, we were so naive. <laughs> we didn't know, we had no idea what was to come as far as like bad, really bad movies and, and, and great movies too. You know, like who really cares that Batman and Robin was terrible when we have Dark Knight. But, you know, thinking of some maybe better movies, you know, we have the MCU. And, but other than Thanos and Loki, most of their villains are kind of single serving. You know, they show up once and then they never really do anything because they get defeated and killed or locked mm -hmm. away. Um, mm -hmm. So who do you think might be an interesting, previously underappreciated recurring villain going forward? And why is it Shumagorath? <laughs> why, why is it who? Shumagorath. Uh, he was one of these very strange Kirby villains from like the 70s. Um, oh, kind of, okay, okay. Very octopus looking. Meant, Alien octopus. Meant, is that from the Eternals? Where have I not seen that before? Oh. That sounds so familiar. Yeah. Um, first time I saw him was actually in the Marvel versus Capcom video game. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You're cheating. Well, yeah, you know, they, actually, I think he has a Doctor Strange tie-in, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, that sounds about right, and that would make, that would make sense because I've I've barely read any Doctor Strange comics. Um, okay, oh. I thought you meant who's already been in the MCU. I, I mean, if there's one there, that'd be great. But I mean, maybe okay, okay, bring in too. Um, maybe okay. Let me. You, you threw a curveball at me. Um, a villain who it's funny. I just the other day I was thinking about it. Like I've been reading Wanda 
uh, Scarlet Witch comics, and my hero is Simon Williams. I'd love to see Wonder Man in the MCU. Yeah. Um, underappreciated villain. I mean, his brother is the Grim Reaper, but he kind of sucks as a villain. Um, man, there's got to be somebody from. I mean, look, Spider Man has the best rogues gallery of any Marvel hero. I don't. I think it's okay. cheating to say Craven the Hunter. Oh. Because for one thing, that's not really MCU. It's Sony MCU, which is a different beast. Um, who hasn't been in the MCU yet. I yeah. can't say like a better version of Malekith. Okay. Well, I mean, there's always room for a better version of Malekith. I mean, I really, speaking of Doctor Strange, I really hope Nightmare shows up in the MCU. He'd be a great villain. Yeah. But I feel like Kang isn't a good answer because everybody wants Kang. Like that's the next, he's next in line, you know? Right. Uh, so yeah, that shouldn't count. Doctor Doom's obviously not underappreciated. No, he's my favorite comic book villain yeah. of all. I mean, forget about it. Like he's top notch. I just did an FF video where I was like, "Do not squeeze him into every FF movie." Like so much Magneto, he deserves his own movie. Yeah, get him. Like he needs to be a headliner, and we need to root. We need to be sorry to see him lose, just like we were Killmonger. Um. Uh, yeah, Annihilus. You know, if we're going to get the FF, I love Annihilus. I love the negative zone. I love the exploration aspect of the of the FF. I think that them going into places where they shouldn't, you know, like in Star Trek, when they went too far, when Q pushed them to go too far and they met the Borg. I love that concept. Like sometimes yeah. Yeah. mess with space, sometimes space messes back, you know. Honestly, if we could reintroduce uh, a villain to the MCU that was a single serve, I would love to see it done right. The Mandarin. And I know that that's gonna... Iron Iron Man related, but you know, yeah. that was such Iron Man three. I was so angry and disappointed in that movie. No, oh, we disagree. I was, and I, and the only reason why, the only reason why, <laughs> is because you bring in Ben Kingsley, this amazing actor who yeah. should have been able to pull off the Mandarin in his sleep, easily. and easily. And I get this guy who's like like looped on acid and i'm just like come on man <laughs> i was so disappointed that's why i was disappointed in that movie uh, i think the rest of the story is cool i think the rest of the story is good but i was very upset with the fact that the mandarin uh <laughs> turned out to be this like you know tv evangelist like type thing going on uh and oh, that's a know. good metaphor for it it's the best that's i got i think when you look at the Iron Man 3 though you got to remember it's not an MCU uh, house movie it's a Shane Black movie you know you can watch uh, Lethal Weapon Last Boy Scout skip straight to Iron Man 3 and you're like okay I guess this action hero has a suit you know so the fact and and again like the Mandarin is not a character who I've you know have like a close personal relationship with like I do Dr. Doom so when I saw that switch (laughs) I just thought it was hilarious because I was with you. I'm like, Ben Kingsley is this great. Oh, he's going to be great as the Mandarin. They teased this since the first movie, the Ten Rings. And, and then just when he's watching soccer and he is so distracted and he yells at the screen, I have no problem with that. And you're going to get your wish. You're going to have the Mandarin and, uh, and uh, Shang-Chi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So everything works out. You know, they, they did the retcon, which he was also great in. And I really, really hope Ben Kingsley is a surprise cameo. I want... Shang-Chi to be busting into the Mandarin's palace and beating guys up and he thinks he's found the princess but no she's in another castle because it's Ben Kingsley behind that door you know looking for the bathroom who's like held prisoner in the Mandarin's 
You guys well, sorry, Mario, King, but your right? princess is in yeah. another castle. Exactly. You guys, have, you guys have seen all Hail the King, right? I should have asked that. I do not know that I. I don't know that I have. Okay. So on the special features for it might have been you know Marvel used to do these Marvel one shots mm-hmm. that on their on their DVDs and Blu-rays would be like this little short film and now instead of doing that they just make TV shows, but one of them showed Ben Kingsley in um, I think it was Blackgate with Justin Hammer it's the last time we saw him too and every, all these prisoners love him because he's such a great actor and he's got all these like weird Hollywood stories and he's been interviewed by a guy who. Um, He's being interviewed by a journalist and the journalist has got his life story. And then like, there's this switch in the last minute and the journalist turns out he works for the real Mandarin. And the real Mandarin is angry at Ben Kingsley for taking his name. Okay. So they end up at the end of this, they kidnap Ben Kingsley. You don't know where he goes. So that's why I was saying that it'd be cool to run into him in Shang-Chi. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. All yeah. right. You should, see, you should see the short. I mean, if you're a Mandarin fan. I will check it out. Absolutely. Yeah. It was the, the softest retcon I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going, oh, let's just tweak that a little bit. I think I only have, I think I have Iron Man 3 as a digital. I don't think I had, I don't think I got the DVD on that one. I'll have to check. So I don't know if that was included it's, in the digitals or not. So it's got, it's got to be on YouTube or I'm Daily sure. Motion or not that yeah. I would ever advocate for anyone to watch anything illegally on the internet. But, uh, uh, you know, it's probably point. out there. And so, yeah, far. point gathered. We're good. Yeah. All right. So, uh, your website also uh, assembled a list of the most anticipated movies of 2021. Oh, now, okay. as, now, assuming that we're going to be able to repopulate movie theaters at some point in the future. Now, out of this list, uh, the one in particular that I'm most looking forward to, uh, and you don't have to know the, what's everything that's on this list, but um, the one in particular that I'm most looking forward to is Black Widow. I'm curious to see how they're, they're going to tell that origin story, how she got mm-hmm. from that point to being uh, part of the, the Avengers initiative. Um, and the one that I'm least looking forward to has something to do with Tom Cruise because, well, it's Tom Cruise. Um, right. And I'm, that's Mission Impossible 7. I still can't figure out for the life of me why there's seven of these blasted movies and how Tom Cruise ever got to be an action star or a movie star for that matter. But looking over this list of most anticipated 2021 movies made me wonder, which ones are you most looking forward to? And which movie would you not want to see? I'll put my personal feelings on Mission Impossible franchise aside. Black Widow, <laughs> I've, you're, I, I'm actually encouraged to hear you want to see Black Widow so much because uh, I've done like a few polls on our channel and stuff. And most people seem to agree. I kind of feel this way that the movie really should have come out in 2016 or 2017, you know, that some of the enthusiasm, I do think that the the pandemic has made us hungry for any Marvel movie and that'll actually end up helping it. Um, But as far as Marvel films, I'm more looking forward to the Eternals. Okay. Uh, Because I, for one thing, we haven't seen a trailer, so I don't know what to expect except for concept art. And the last time I had this level of like, I don't know what's happening was Guardians, Um, which which I had only seen concept art for and had never even seen a James Gunn movie. And I said, this is going to be great. Uh, but also, like, I just, I love the cast of the Eternals. I love the comics, especially the Neil Gaiman revival they did. And I would bet money that that's more what the script is going to be based on. That'd be cool. Um, yeah. There's other things like, look, I'm not like especially pumped about Top Gun Maverick, which is what I thought you were going to say when you mentioned Tom Cruise. Um, well, we can add that to really, the list too. I'm really <laughs> looking forward to new Edgar Wright and new uh, Wes Anderson movies this year to get off the geek topic a little bit. Okay. Um, 
I'm very cautious about the untitled Spider-Man 3 movie. I'm nervous about that one. I am too. And it's because as soon as Sony introduced a movie called Into the Spider-Verse, which, by the way, was a masterpiece, mm-hmm. like no no notes. The movie's amazing, you know? Yeah. But as great. soon as I heard that title, I thought, okay, so I see what they want to do here. They're trying to introduce us to a Spider-Man universe so we can leave the MCU behind and forget all about Captain, Amar- Captain America meeting Spider-Man. We just want to see Spider-Man meet Spider-Man meet Spider-Man. And my God, it seems like that's exactly what they're doing. You know, you look at what's gone wrong previously in the Spider-Man franchise where Sony has yeah. forced them to put too many characters and too many villains and too much. Now, maybe not. John Watts seems like he's got a real light touch on things. You know, he might, the, the Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield might just be cameos as he's traveling through the multiverse. It could just be hilarious. Like on the CW Flash when he, you know, went through the tunnel and he's traveling through different Earths and he, you see little flashes of things. And you get the feeling that's all yeah. That's one I'm like, I wouldn't say I don't want to see it, but like, ooh, <laughs> it could go, could go real bad real fast. Yeah, I'm afraid it's going to go sideways quick. Yeah. Because um, what I'm what I'm afraid of is it seems like every day there's a new name tied to Spider-Man 3. Yeah. You know, and that makes me worry because it gets back to what you mentioned earlier about the, uh, the one of the issues with Suicide Squad is that, you know, do you have all these A-list actors now? Mm-hmm. Uh, or people who are tied into the movie some way somehow wanting to get their screen time and or are they going to work as an ensemble like we see in guardians of the galaxy and, and the mcu and, mm-hmm. and things like that so yeah well here's what i would like to see in spider-man 3 i i tweeted this and i mentioned it in the video but you know everything on the internet's brand new as soon as you say it um i here's my my soft pitch right so you you show andrew garfield or Toby or whatever fighting electro and you see all these different people fighting all, like Dr. Octopus, you see all this thing and it's this big intense, like it's dark, it's nighttime, it's Sony. <laughs> and then you just hear cut and they're on the set of a Spider-Man movie and Tom Holland, Peter Parker is there as Peter Parker as like a, uh, uh, what do you call it? A technical advisor. Oh, because consultant, of this, yeah. A consultant because his identity has been revealed to the public and they can now be more inspired by the Dan Slott run where he's oh, yeah. become a millionaire. He's a little bit of a celebrity you know, his identities out there. So rather than him being hunted by the police, they, I mean, Stark Industries could have cleared his name like that. And they're making a Spider-Man movie in the MCU and he's the technical advisor on it. And that's how they pull all these different characters in. Um, and there's, there's some history with that because we did see in Far From Home, he's like scrolling through the, uh, the movies on the airplane. And you see that like, there's the Tony Stark story. There's documentaries about the snap and about uh, with, uh, Dr. Selvig, things like that. So that's what I hope it is, but I know it's going to be like the end of the animated series where he gets sent into the multiverse. And okay, but if it's if it's like your soft pitch there, I'd, I'd mm-hmm. sign on for that. I'm totally on board for that. That Especially makes it much more palatable. Thank you. Especially since that's what we kind of, we expect it to be this big crossover. And I just, I, I, I kind of love, like I wanted to see the uh, Yoda, I wanted to see somebody fight the Imperial Guards for years you know, from Return of the Jedi. And then in Revenge of the Sith, Yoda just smacks him against the wall. I love that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, you know, in, in the before times, in 2019 and before that, there were, it seemed like there were a lot of remakes of previously successful movies for some reason. Like Hollywood was just repeating itself. Mm-hmm. You know, but they were remaking successful movies. Can you think of any bad movies that might deserve a second chance uh, being remade? And 
better than they were before. You know, whether that's like yeah. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen or Episode Nine. That's a great one. Uh, Rise of Skywalker is always at the top of my list. <laughs> Ray being a Palpatine is the worst thing. I mean, I've I got a video I'm we're finishing up right now, and another one where I compare like Star Wars to Cobra Kai and how like Cobra Kai did it right. Um, I love that question. I ask people that one a lot. One of the ones I always go back to is The Adventures of Ford Fairline, which is a Andrew Dice Clay movie from the 80s. Okay. Oh my God, I think it was Andrew Dice Clay. And it was a great concept. Or no, oh my God, sorry. I'm, I'm getting confused with Buckaroo Bonsai. Um, but yeah, it's really hard to think of those movies that like had great concepts, like the Underworld movies, Vampires versus Werewolves. Hated all of them. But I love yeah. the concept, you know, this ancient mm -hmm. war between these two factions that are alike yeah. but different. So I'd love to see that redone. What about you? What's your answer on that? Um, you know, honestly, you Tim might argue with me on this one, but I would like to see the uh, the end of the, the sequel trilogy redone with a little mm -hmm. more cohesive plot. Mm -hmm. You know, just, I mean, I don't have problems with them as stories, as enjoyable movies, but the story could have stuck together a little bit more. Did you hear or read uh, Colin Trevorrow's original concept? I did, and that would have made a great film. I did not, so please enlighten. You me. should. You know, I, I won't. I'll give you the broad strokes just yeah, now. But es essentially, um, they the first order. Or there's no Palpatine. Palpatine not in the movie. He's dead. Uh, so right away, it's a better movie. Ray is not Palpatine's granddaughter. Uh, Kylo Ren learns from this like kind of a Lovecraftian Sith monster who taught Palpatine some of his tricks and he becomes like a Sith vampire. So they also introduced the giving force life, but also how to take it away with him. And uh, the First Order are headquartered on Coruscant. So people return there and like Faye and Ren kind of rally the people who are like living in the old Jedi temple with their hands around burning barrels and stuff. Uh, no, not Ray. I'm sorry. Ray's off doing Jedi stuff. Rose is with Finn doing that. Um, it just, it's a more solid sequel. You know, it didn't ignore or retcon anything. It continued what was there. Leia had a really big role in it, kind okay. of gathering the galaxy together, like getting Lando. And Lando was more like, I've fought in that war once and look what happened. We got beat. I'm not going back. So he got to be kind of that rogue smuggler instead of just like the grinning guy who's happy to be here in Rise of Skywalker. Right. Um, my favorite thing in it is the reason they're on Coruscant the rebels the resistance is because they're trying to contact all these other people but the first order are blocking their signal but at the old I think it's the old Jedi temple there's a beacon that's like pre-imperial technology so they can use that so there's this great sequence in it where it's it's like the lighting of the beacons and of Gondor you know and yeah, Return yeah. Of the king so they did that where they lit this beacon on the Jedi temple and then that went to this planet that we've seen, that planet that we've seen, you know, clear okay. through to Bespin. It's a way to like rally the whole saga together. Uh, yeah. I mean, there are lots of little things. Chewbacca flew an X-Wing. You should read it. No, I'll, yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Yeah. So my only issue, honestly, with, with um, uh, Rise of Skywalker isn't the fact that Rey's a Palpatine. I, I cared less about that. I didn't like the fact that they had brought the emperor, the emperor back. So, um, yeah. I didn't like the fact that, you know, you know, and I, and I know that it's that, you know, it, it's a doable thing that there was, you know, that then through, uh, the old legend stuff that, you know, that, uh, the emperor had, you know, passed his essence, mm -hmm. his spirit, his force onto other people, you know, and it was basically using their bodies and all, and that was an entirely possible thing. So what they did with with the emperor was plausible. 
it's just it came down to the execution and, and how it was done and the whole i'm all the sith and i'm all the jedi that portion at the end that fight which was not much of a fight and it you know i don't know i had a problem with that and my bigger problem with 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 that is that i saw a poll the other day and this is what really annoys me about this movie now is that people uh were saying that the the greatest cinematic moment in star wars history was the fact that kylo and ray kissed they picked that over the fact that Darth Vader admitted to being Luke's father in, in uh, Empire. And I'm like, okay, I have no hope for you people anymore. We're done. Yeah, but if you <laughs> if you go on like, go go to imdb.com and look at the top 100 movies of all time. Like these, anything that's on the internet is not, people don't know what the hell they're talking about. They always, It's just always the most recent thing that happened right. that they're going to remember and that's fresh in their heads. It's one of the things that makes it frustrating to make YouTube videos because it's really hard. Like one of my favorite videos I've done for Screen Crush is this like analysis of like Star Wars uh, mirroring the, mid the medieval times, mid uh, Middle Ages and yeah. Arthurian legend, right? Nobody watched it. Nobody cared because the thumbnail wasn't that good because it wasn't like the thing that people were talking about right then. Sometimes you can have a video that like hits the zeitgeist, but for the most part, you got to disregard anything anyone ever says in a poll <laughs> on the internet. Unless you want to know how people feel at that moment. You know? No, that's very true. And now I want to go and find that video, so I have something to watch after this. <laughs> it's a cool one, man. I mean, I might watch it now and go, "Oh my god!" <laughs> you know that happens. You know, yeah. you, anytime you revisit something a year later, but that one, I mean, I didn't rush it, so it might be good. It was before we uh, were in the store; we were still on the green screen with the weird blue stuff oh, okay. behind me. Cool. But see, I agree with you though about you know Palpatine coming back. Where where the heck did that come from? And you had this great setup in Last Jedi, which you know, love it, hate it. But you have to admit that when Kylo Ren killed Snoke and then said, no, I'm not good. I'm in this for me. Well, where's the franchise going to go? Because at that point, we actually have a video coming out the, this week or next week where I go over this. I'm sorry if I'm repeating this because it's in my head. You know, when George Lucas made the prequels, it, he said it's like poetry, they rhyme. So he deliberately repeated certain beats. You know, Phantom Menace, uh, Farm Boy, uh, mm -hmm. big space battle at the end etc all these different things repeated you know ring theory if you've ever read that essay it's great long yeah. detail of how these films mirror each other very similar tropes exactly but done on purpose very yeah. very specifically force awakens they said well we just want people to remember why they like star wars and i actually read that quote somewhere and i was like i don't need to be reminded why i like star wars so force awakens was too much of a remake of new hope like there was nothing, yeah. even George Lucas said there's nothing new in it. There were no surprises. And it was at the cost of world building because instead of Lucas's original plan, which I've read, was for the, the new kids to be fighting the pirates, who the, the pirate syndicate, who the New Republic was having trouble keeping at bay, they were just fighting the new empire. And it didn't matter where they came from. And who cares? It's the new empire, kids. It's Star Wars. Buy stuff, buy stuff. Mm -hmm. So when that, that happened, and then, new Je and then Last Jedi came along where it was like, okay, so... He's redoing the same stuff. It's like they meet a scoundrel, they do this, they do that, but it's a little different. Mm -hmm. And then it even had tropes of Return of the Jedi and Snoke showing her the battle outside. But then you had that beautiful turn. It's as if Darth Vader struck down the Emperor and said, okay, Luke, join me. We'll rule the galaxy together at that point. So at the end of Last Jedi, I, for the first time, I had no idea where Star Wars is going to go. You know, Even the prequels, we knew how they were going to end. I had right. no idea where Star Wars is going to go. 
so they they just brought back Satan, I guess, space Satan, the emperor, space like Satan. So Satan, was <laughs> Satan was the guy, <laughs> space Satan was the guy telling her. So it didn't matter that Kylo Ren made a choice or it didn't matter that because it was just space Satan, everybody, space devil made you do it. Come on. That's the laziest writing. Like, give me a break. You know, that, okay. that quote's going to have legs later. I'm telling you that one right now. T- take it but. away. <laughs> but, you know, Things that have been remade and remade better. One thing that I think of was um, series of unfortunate events when Netflix took that over. And, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And uh, from you the know, Jim Carrey, yeah, yeah. And uh, at one point, he uh, Count Olaf breaks the fourth wall, looks right into the camera, and says, "In all honesty, I prefer long form television to movies. It's so much more convenient to consume entertainment from the comfort of your own home." <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure this year has proven that proven his point to a large degree. Yeah. Uh, I so love you, that. Yeah. What, what do you think are the benefits <laughs> and the drawbacks of this uh, home-based entertainment direction that everything's going in? Well, okay. I, I My pen tweet on Twitter is, uh, you can judge a society by how it behaves in a movie theater. Okay. And that's because it's, it's stressful to go to the movies if you actually want to watch the movie. You have to worry about people mm-hmm. talking, being on their phones. There's places... Um, like Alamo Draft House that will just throw you out if you get on your phone or if you talk. And I wish that was more strictly enforced. The number of times I've had to go ask a man, like an usher, can you just please, this guy's on his phone. Can you please just stand here until this guy gets on his phone and do mm-hmm. your job and, and stop the person from being on their phone. But we're a very non-confrontational society. I get that. You don't know, if, especially in New York, if somebody's going to go crazy and yell at you or something. So that's definitely the drawback. On the mm-hmm. other hand, have you listened to, um, there's a video, even Kevin Feige shared it on Twitter, I think, uh, where somebody took audience reaction during Endgame and stitched it into the actual movie. It's amazing. Listened. It was yeah. just like, it was like it was April 23rd all over again, and I was watching it at a screening for the first time. Even at a critic screening when I saw Endgame, people were cheering Yeah. when Captain America took that hammer and said, you know, Avengers Assemble. So oh, he, I yelled right out loud audio. in the theater. Oh my God, you should see my notes. Like I just wrote so happy in big letters on my notebook. And I'm like <laughs> frantic during that whole movie writing down like you know, this and that. But when you watch that audio, when you watch that video with the audio of the audience and you think, I just want to be there. You know, the problem is you don't want, you don't want the movies to just be fun on the seven o'clock showing on opening night. You know, we, we have to be respectful of each other and each other's space and recognize that, yes, you paid money and so did all these other people. Mm-hmm. You know, my wife works in theater. It's the same problem in the theater, just with noisy and not being considerate of others. So that's the drawback of the movie theater and what makes it great. Um, I do think regarding streaming sites, I hate the Netflix like dump and pump model. I hate binging shows. You look at what the Mandalorian and the boys have done. It's incredible. It builds yeah. this anticipation we're talking about it. Like if every episode of Mandalorian season two would have done, would have dropped on uh, at once, we wouldn't have been talking about Cobb Van or Ahsoka Tano or yeah. Bo-Katan. We would have been talking about Luke Skywalker, you know, like that's it. Oh yeah. And so yeah, this, you ha- it's a steak, you know, that's the way these things need to be treated. Not like, you know, milkshake. I have a love hate relationship with the way that, that the Mandalorian was released because I oh, love yeah? the fact that, that they, built the anticipation and i was so excited every friday morning to get up and watch the mandalorian uh but i was also hated it because 
I am also a member of the Instant Gratification Society, and I want my stuff now. <laughs> give me, give me, give me. Come on, let's give me yeah, what I want. Yeah. That's and, yeah. and so that's the only reason why I didn't like it. Um, because when it first came out last year, season one, and I was like, all right, you know, Mandalorian's finally here. And I sat down, and I'm like, wait, one only one episode? Wait, what 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 is this nonsense? Uh -huh. uh, yeah, so for me, that was that was my challenge. Uh, just kind of getting used to that, but I, I do, you know, now I like the fact, you know, but at the end of every episode, I still bemoan it, you know, I can't believe I have to wait till next week to find out what happens. It's only know. half an hour long. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, but so, for yeah. me professionally, it's incredible because instead of making, you know, one Easter egg video that gets, if I'm lucky, a million hits, it's just this, this well I can keep going back to over yeah. and over and over. And it, again, like back to the metaphor of it's a steak dinner. You know, you finish making that Easter egg video, then it's like, well, what else are people going to be talking about? You know, what else do I need to explain? Who doesn't know who Bo Katan is? Who, right? You know, even like I went on uh, my vacation basically as soon as the last episode ended. So I, there were lots of questions about the finale that I just didn't make a video about, and I think now it's probably too late because today's my first day back. Okay. But like I love that. I love that. I love like this endless. It's what Star Wars was for for twenty years. You know, before the prequels, when all we had was the OT. We knew every line. We right. knew every character. Right. I know that Michael Carter played Bib Fortuna. How right. the hell do I know that? You know, I don't know who played. Well, I know who played a lot of people actually. And then the sequel <laughs> trilogy. I'm not going to memorize all that stuff. You know, like because there's so much Star Wars now. Right. So that's what I mean. Like I, you're right. The Instant Gratification Society. As a member myself, I, I can relate. But I'm also like, ah, oh, it's so good to have something to look forward to, especially in yeah. 2020. No, I agree. I do agree. I, I, I want the instant gratification, but I also I also like the tease and the pull along. So, you know, a little bit of both. So let's give you a chance to talk about that the ending of the Mandalorian since since you missed it on your show, uh, mm -hmm. you can talk about it here. So you've done okay. all these Mandalorian Easter egg videos. You've explained why Moff Gideon needed Grogu's blood. You've talked about the ending of the season two of the Mandalorian to some degree, but what do you think the future holds for the Mandalorian? and particularly the book of Boba Fett. And mm -hmm. where do you think these stories go from here? Where do you, who do you think is going to be introduced? You know, what do you think the, the so basically what's, what's in the future for, for uh, these Star Wars shows? Well, when I, I want to get some clarification from, from you guys, make sure I'm, yeah. I have the correct info here. Um, it, it, there was some theor theorizing that the book of Boba Fett was going to be the Mandalorian season three, but that's not true, correct? As far as I know, that's a separate yeah. show. Okay. That's what I've read. Uh, yeah that uh, I think, and this is very exciting, that, um, um, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Who directed the Boba Fett episode? He's a great director, he did Desperado. I've been a fan of oh, his for uh, years. Oh, Richard, Robert Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez, not Richard. I wanted to say, I got Alex Rodriguez stuck in my head and I'm like, no, that guy used steroids, it wasn't him. So uh, Robert Rodriguez is gonna be showrunner of Boba Fett. Uh, yes. And then Mandalorian's gonna come out after that. Um, I think we're going to get to see that that underworld aspect with Boba Fett, and I think Robert Rodriguez is a genius, and he's going to make the whole thing at his Houston ranch, and he's going to have an amazing time, right? Yeah. Um, Mandalorian season three, I think you're going to see, and this is set up pretty directly. This isn't like a huge speculation. You're going to see him transitioning to this like larger story of the retaking of Mandalore, mm -hmm. uh, especially since technically he's the heir to the dark saber, which is interesting. Have you guys seen Rebels? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. See, so, so you know that, like, 
Sabine just gives Bo-Katan the dark saber and everybody's cool with that. Um, in one of my videos, I said that because Bo-Katan was given the dark saber, maybe that makes it more important that she has to win it for Moff Gideon because now she really has to prove herself because she never technically won it in combat. She didn't beat Darth Maul. Right. She didn't beat Ahsoka who beat Darth Maul. Like it was just handed to her. And frankly, like Sabine didn't earn it either. It's almost right. as if Star Wars Rebels is operating under a different set of rules because it was made for a totally different audience, but it's canon. So like, let's, let's move on. Um, so I think you're going to see that. And there's this interesting like tension between him and Bo-Katan um, is, is for what's next. I don't know when we're going to see Grogu again. I really don't like I watched that and I was like the reason I was so torn up by that finale is I was like is he gone like it's gonna be a while Ky I think Ky mm -hmm. Kylo Ren kill him <laughs> like how is this show gonna continue without this formula you know like and no I don't I don't think Kylo Ren killed him I think new rock stars just put out a video I'm really wanting to watch where they like did their arrow circle thing where they point to like a cairn of stones behind Luke Skywalker on act two like that's mm -hmm. Grogu's grave uh, which is a fun theory, but oh god, I hope that's not true. It'd be horrible, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I hope, what I I'm would, hoping we sorry. see Thrawn personally. Oh, yeah. He'll be in the Ahsoka series. I'm and sure I of think that. They said that. I kind of want to see him a little bit in the Mandalorian too, though. Um, that would be interesting, especially since you know we don't know where Ezra took him to um, with the space whales, or what are they called on Discovery? I was. Uh, with the space fungus, well, I can't remember what they're called now. Yeah. Um, my Icelio network. Um, we don't know where he took them to, but chances are it's somewhere in the unknown regions, the outer rim, where the story can't reach them until they need it to. But it is possible maybe they just ended up near Mandalore, or it could work out that way, where they have to go into the unknown regions. And imagine that. See, one of the best things about the Clone Wars cartoon was that it made the prequels better, or even good, you might say. It enhanced right. the prequels. Right. So what I saw this season, The Mandalorian, especially, I think it was uh, episode five, four, where they're on Navarro and you see like the clone tanks that probably have the proto-emperor's body. I was like, yes, because now you're going to take a bad decision, which is bring back Palpatine, and you're going to make it better by showing how that happened, you know? Right. Build the story up to it. Exactly. So if they are going into the unknown regions, maybe we'll see those Sith cultists. We'll see. We'll, we'll see these guys in cloaks right. building a massive fleet out of nowhere that can somehow explain whatever the How heck happened, happened Rise yeah. of Skywalker, right? Instead of, I don't know, I've done multiple videos. I did a video where I yell at a puppet of J.J. Abrams, like, <laughs> you already have a new empire with First Order. Why do you need a new, new empire? Yeah. And there was yes. an original version of that where I was angry and my and Matt was like, you can't put that up. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that. Disney will never allow us to go to a screen again. I was like, you're right. I was like, he was extremely right. I was like, I think I needed to make that video just to get it off your chest, just, just to get it off my chest. And then I like reeled it in and Very made good. a West Gamer Gate. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that's, cool. what I, that's what I think for Mando season three. And you right. know, Boba Fett, I really want to see how Boba Fett and Rangers, all that stuff's going to tie in together. Yeah. I think it's, I think we got some really cool content coming. And I might, yeah. Every bit of my nerd force is like <laughs> giggly. So, but uh, all right, cool. Well, we're at a point of the show, Ryan, where uh, we're coming up to the end here. And and one of the things we like to do with our guests is we like to play a little quiz. So oh, we're okay. We're hoping that you're game for this. Now, yeah. if you, we'll ask you five questions. If you get three of them or sixty percent, we send you one of these super cool red shirt widows and orphans mugs. It's one awesome. of the it's one of the things for our funny science fiction podcast. 
Okay. So I see it's an I see it's a Trek joke. We didn't even get into Trek on this. You got to have me back. I want to talk about that. Absolutely, would love to have you back. <laughs> um, it is very much a Trek joke. It ties into Drayton's uh, Alan's books, uh, the Custodians of the Cosmos. Uh, for those who go to clean up, uh, what's the what's the joke? Uh, it's um, those who clean up. Those who uh, boldly go to clean up after those who just boldly went. Thank you. There it is. So, but yeah, that's part of Drayton's book. So now if you, yeah, exactly. So uh, that's, that's, uh, that's at three, three points. You get the mug at four points, four out of five, you get the mug and we're going to send you a copy of the book. We'll make sure that uh, Drayton vandalizes it for you. I mean, autographs it for you um, and gets that off and running. Uh, if you get less than three, correct. We take a picture of your face and we make a meme out of you. Oh no. Okay. So you agree to these terms, sir. Yes. All right. Very good. Then let's begin. John, fire away. All right. So which actor is the only one who's appeared in every Star Wars movie to date? Is it Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, Anthony Daniels, or Warwick Davis? Warwick Davis. Uh, it's Anthony Daniels. Oh, was it Anthony? What yes. was he in Solo? In Solo, he has a cameo. Um, no! Yeah, he's not C-3PO. He is actually a, a character called Dak. When Chewie and the really super skinny Wookiee touch heads and they're saying their goodbyes, he is yeah. Tack in the background calling to, uh, uh, the other Wookiee away. It's always Solo. It's the, it's the one that's the one star wars movie i just went well that was okay you know and I it's always away from, solo i didn't make a single video about it oh god I'm, all right okay and of course it's not warwick davis because he wasn't in the first two damn it <laughs> all right so what Idiot. is the name of chewbacca's father is it itchy scratchy flaky or Harry. Itchy. There you go. All right. Who played the part of Commander Cody? Was it Jay Legea, Tamara Morrison, Ahmed Best, or Joel Edgerton? <laughs> Tamara Morrison. <laughs> All right. Who was, right. was the first? I didn't know the first name, though. Who was that I guy? I don't either. I'm not <laughs> sure who it is. All right. All right. I'd, have to, I'd have to look that one up, to be honest with you. Okay. All right, who among this list, uh, among the following list, discovered Ahsoka? Was it Plo Anakin, Plo Koon, Plo Kai, or a Master Jedi? Plo Koon. Very good. All right, so you now have three. So you have earned yourself one of these high-speed coffee mugs. Excellent. Who wiped out all the information about Kamino from the Jedi Temple archives? Was it Darth Sidious, Siphodius, Count Dooku, or Yoda? Dooku. Yep. Very good. All right. Well, you went four out of five. Not too bad. Should have been five. Should have been five. Should have been five. Had to be solo. You want to say hi? Uh, here he is. Dog. Hi, dog. dog. Hi, dog. <laughs> he was chewing a bone. I'm going to let him get back to it. There you go. Okay. But uh, we'll make sure to get you, uh, we'll have you stick around for a moment after we say our goodbyes. We'll, we'll get your uh, mailing information and we'll, we'll get those shipped off to you here very shortly. Excellent. 
All right. So, Ryan, where are the best places to be able to find out more about you and all your work? Because we want to make sure to put the, that information in the description so people can find out where to, where uh, to find that. Yeah, uh, youtube.com slash crush. Um, and then I have a podcast of my own. I very infrequently make episodes for it's a space adventure narrative podcast called Rick Pulsar. Okay. So that'd be the other one. Yeah. Uh, it's on Apple uh, iTunes. All right. So maybe I'll, yeah, you can find it or I'll send you a link to it. Yeah, cool. Great. Okay. And Twitter, obviously. Yes. All right. Yeah. We'll make sure that those locations get put on our information board for uh, when we post this video as well. I'll be down the information. So oh, great. So remember, kids, subscribing is the single most important thing you can do to ensure that we get more amazing guests like Ryan. We've really enjoyed having Ryan on today and give you guys some funny moments to listen to. Now, please subscribe to this podcast as you're watching this episode uh, and check out Ryan's work over at Screen Crush. I, I Honestly, I really enjoy your work, Ryan, and I think these guys will enjoy it too. Uh, you guys do, you can do some really top-notch investigative work over there. So uh, and you guys are always welcome to contact us where it all began back on our on our Facebook group called Funny Science Fiction, which, by the way, we just eclipsed 100,000 members there. So we're pretty really? proud of that. Yeah. Congratulations. That's great. Yeah. Thanks. So if you're not happy with the show's content, all you have to do is just let us know. I mean, we'll sit around and we'll pretend like it's still 2020. And then we all become instantly <laughs> happy that we're not sitting in a dumpster fire, except for Ryan, of course, because, well, he was awesome. So. Thanks, guys. That's going to conclude Funny Science Fiction for today. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of Funny Science Fiction, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes, please contact us by means of our Facebook group, Funny Science Fiction. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram using the handle at Funny Sci-Fi, or you can go to DraytonAllen.com and click the Contact Me link at the bottom of the page. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Copyright 2020 by Drayton Allen. Original music by Jordan Michaels. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned in this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of or by funny science fiction or its sponsors. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at DraytonAllen at DraytonAllen.com.